Nashville Predators beat the second best team in the NHL, Carolina Hurricanes, three to nothing last night. The Nashville Predators, whose opening day roster was pretty much either traded away or on injured reserve, now have control of their playoff fate with four games left in the season. Somebody try to make this make sense, please. We'll talk about it today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I am a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Can I ask a question, Ann? Sure. What is happening? <laughs> what the flag nog? Yeah. <laughs> What in the diddly do? That's not as good as flag nog, but it's still it's the right sentiment for the right moment in what is the most bizarre stretch of season for the Nashville Predators. I if you were somebody who said, you know what I see happening for the Nashville Predators, I see them falling apart at the trade deadline, selling off big pieces, losing major names to injury drawing up guys from Milwaukee that people have to look up. And then you know what? They're going to fight for their playoff spot. I would I would think you were consuming illegal substances in abundance. But here we are. What's a flag dog? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so Nashville Predators taking on the Carolina Hurricanes, a 50-win team, the second-best team in the entire NHL, a team that put 67 shots against them last time, and the Nashville Predators shut them out, three to nothing. Here's what happened. Uh, first off, to continue the trend of what is happening, the Predators scored two goals in the first period, one by Mark Jankowski. One by Michael McCarron, who I all think we went into this game thinking, oh, yeah, they're the offensive dynamos that are going to keep this together. Then a big chunk of the UC Sorrow show made 33 saves for his second shutout of the season. Only the Preds second shutout as a team overall this season. That's a little bit different than normal. Then yeah. in the third period, empty net goal, Dante Fabro. Puts the game away with an empty netter. 3 nothing. the final score. And your one word to describe this game. Okay, when you have a team playing like the Nashville Predators are, just realize we have to dig deep for one words to describe what this, whatever this is that's happening in this universe. But I have the perfect one word. And my one word is Piper.Alley. And let me explain. No, it's perfect. I'm telling you. I don't even know what that is, but go on. I'm going to enlighten you and it's all going to come into play. So about a week and a half ago, my husband was sitting in his recliner and I just hear this odd noise coming from his phone. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh my gosh, I am listening to Crazy Train on the bagpipes. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? 
And he was so excited. He had stumbled across an Instagram account called Piper.Alley, A-L-L-Y. This is free promotion because it's really unbelievable. And it is a young woman who plays rock music on the bagpipes. Okay, I've seen those before. Yeah. And my initial reaction when he was raving about Crazy Train on the bagpipes is like, look, this can't be good. You know, this absolutely can't be good. Crazy Train, bagpipes, this is not going to work. Crazy Train on the Bagpipes absolutely slaps, friends. And she also plays Sweet Child of Mine. She plays Freebird on the Bagpipes. And it is incredible, but it's something that makes no sense. You know, Ozzy Osbourne, Bagpipes. But somehow, mysteriously, in ways that almost defy explanation, it's amazing. This team right now is Allie the Piper who, by the way, is touring in April and, you know, maybe worth a see if she's in a city near you. It doesn't make sense what this team is doing. The fact that right now this team slaps doesn't really make sense, but they're winning. It's This is Crazy Train on the bagpipes played by Piper Alley. Yeah. It's amazing. This team to me, first off, I feel like you have taken a PR job with Piper Alley and is, have not told anybody yet. No, we literally every day I'm like, hey, did she put out anything new? And we listen to Piper Alley. I know. Just... I, I feel like the next episode is you going to be like nudging a box of Piper Alley merchandise. <laughs> like, wow, it's these so are just good. available on her Instagram account for $9.99. Yeah. No, I make no money off of that promotion. I'm just telling you it's amazing. So check out after you subscribe to Locked on Predators, switch over to Instagram and follow Piper Alley. And and gets a commission for it. <laughs> um, yeah, to me, this one word is chopped. This is like an episode of Chopped. <laughs> yes. Where, and it's like, not even like, because I think I've used this before. It's not even like the good episode of Chopped where they give you like the, you know, filet mignon and the radicchio and all kinds of brilliant cuts that you have to figure out something to do with. This is like that episode of Chopped where they do like the, like the reject food Ooh. where they give you like the canned tuna and like the frozen bag of peas and carrots and this is like all right you have to elevate this you have 30 <laughs> minutes to make a five-star dish using this leftover can of coffee grounds and uh, i don't know a yes still, a still living crab uh yeah. yeah this is like a bunch of random ingredients that you can pick up that are somehow coming together and forming a pretty cohesive dish. Now, the star of the plate, the best ingredients, is UC Saros. Let's not get that yes. twisted, because he, that man is the biggest reason uh, for the Predators being where they are down the stretch. True. Where was he last year? Um, yeah, it's still bitter about that late season injury. I know. Uh, and, but, but here's the thing. It's, you know, you have a bunch of random players that really shouldn't even be in the NHL at this point in the season coming together and playing some really good hockey. I mean, we talked about Michael McCarron and Mike Jankowski scoring the goals. These were guys that were in Milwaukee, like 
just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, they're only up because of injuries. They were sent down because their play at the beginning of the season wasn't up to par. And here they go coming up with two big time goals. Yeah. You know, you, you have guys like, you know, Cal Foot again, pretty good game last night on the penalty kill, four block shots. You had Jake Livingstone, who I'm still trying to figure out who Jake Livingstone is, and <laughs> you had Jake Livingstone come out and play very clean in his NHL debut. You had Spencer Stastny. Come on. I don't think we were expecting to see him in the NHL, maybe until next year. Gets the call up to assist. He has been really good. I think the Preds have stumbled really into good. another really good a defensive prospect. You just have these ragtag group of people that shouldn't be playing as well as they are, as often as they are coming together and putting up big wins over good teams. And I know like UC Saros got the shutout, made some key plays, you know, key saves and stuff down the stretch, but you know, the predators still like played pretty good against they the did. Carolina Hurricanes. Also 26 block shots. 26 yes. block shots uh, for the Nashville Predators. And I know that there's a lot of people that kind of scoff at block shots as stats because that means, well, you don't have possession of the puck. You, you tell me. You, like, you tell UC Saros it doesn't matter if he doesn't right. have to take that save. That's right. But yeah, that's that's less pressure on the net. That's tougher for the other team to get pressure on net, get rebounds. Yeah, I mean, there's just – it's UC Saros stole the show, but those canned salmon pickled sausages, <laughs> they're, they're looking pretty appetizing right now. And that pasta Putinesca dish. It's amazing what is happening. And we've talked about, you know, it's hard to find a one word to describe what's going on. So we reached out on Twitter and yeah. said, okay, Tell us what your one word is to describe this game. And here's what I like about our responses. You all get us. You don't have to stick to one word. And some of yeah. you didn't. So mad props for understanding that sometimes rules are made to be broken. Yeah. But uh, some of the responses, did you get John Hines uh, responded with a gift that said, what the is going on? What yes. The flag what the flag nog is going on? TJ Walsh said guts, which I like that one. Mm -hmm. I do. Uh, I thought this was a great one from JW Hood. His one word was tailor made. Not anything to do with tailor made golf clubs, but because Carl Taylor has prepared this team for these moments in the NHL. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Addy said tenacity and Baka Subban said juice. Come yeah. on. So yeah. appreciate your one words. Y'all are nailing it. Kara Perung said holy guacamole. And Let's go. And the gamer said miracle, which <laughs> that, that last really wrong. Said, yeah. Not wrong for that one either. So, yeah, if you have one words after each game, let us know. Tweet us at LO underscore Predators. We might read them on our show because Ann and I are really struggling to come up with one words. Fresh one words. inexplicable, y'all. Yeah. Uh, just enjoy the ride, folks. Just enjoy the ride. Uh, more on what's happening with the Nashville Predators and more from this game. We'll talk about UC Saros' performance and – we just asked, straight up asked John Hines, what are you doing, man? What's happening here? <laughs> we'll see what his response is to this team uh, in, in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by Indeed. 
you guys have probably played fantasy sports before, right? You handpick the players you want on your team. You spend hours researching their stats, picking the best players that you think will bring you that fantasy trophy. Don't you wish that you could do that with your business? Well, Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So you don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. You can do it all in Indeed. You find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, good news. Indeed's U.S. status shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume indeed matches in their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Again, that's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. One more time, indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing, not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, Dan, we are struggling to come up with one word. We're struggling to come up with explanations of why this is happening, other than just, yeah, UC Saros is playing really well. So you in the locker room just straight up asked John Hines that question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and he 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 responded. Let's hear John Hines's response to the question: What is going on right now? Well, I just think playing playing a really good team game. You know, the guys are um, committed to do what it takes to win. I think it starts with a foundation of good goaltending. When you have strong goaltending, it gives you a chance every night. And then I think you need to build your game around that. And um, you know, I think the guys are. Uh, our special teams have, have also been factors. You know, tonight I would say specifically the penalty kill was, was really important. Uh, and I think it's been important down the stretch. We've had some, some over the course of the games here, some good power plays and key, key times there. I think it's just the commitment level of the group. You know, they're, when they're in situations where they have to defend, I think that they really respect the fact of paying attention to detail and check hard in those areas of the ice. And, um, you know, I think when you have a group of guys that, that, that plays hard and they're hungry to win and they're, um, you know, they, they, they do the little things in the game that matter. Like tonight we had what 27 shot blocks, you know, that's, that's a commitment that, that gives you a chance to win. And that's kind of throughout the lineup, regardless of the position or, or skill level. And, you know, they, they, they play well as a pack. So two things stood out to me and mm-hmm. one was attention to detail. Yes. Because, you know, you will say one thing about this Nashville Predators B team or whatever you want to call this group, which now looks more like the A team, to be honest. True. Is that the one thing that I've noticed is, you know, they may get outshot in a lot of games. You know, it may look like they're kind of clinging for dear lives. But the one thing I haven't seen with a lot of these new players, I haven't seen a lot of glaring mistakes mm-hmm. you know that's it, the games are never perfect you know there's always some moments where it's like i uh, can't make that pass or or try to right. make that play um but for the most part I, there really haven't been any gains like some of the ones we saw at the beginning of the season it's just like what are you doing with the puck 
<laughs> there's just a lot of times where they just haven't made any drastic mistakes. And I think that's key because there's absolutely zero room for error with this team. Yeah. And, and number two is, you know, I, I like where he's talked about commitment because the Preds are having to win games the old school way, which mm-hmm. is a lot of block shots you know, a lot of dirty goals, a lot of dirty rebounds, that kind of stuff, second chance opportunities. They're having to win it the old school way, but it doesn't matter how you win it, Ann, as long as you win it. That's right. You know, at the end of the game, it's 3 nothing. Now, Carolina did have two goals called back, one for goalie interference, which is, you know, the probably the most ubiquitous thing in hockey right now but it was very clearly goalie interference and the other one was a goal scored on delayed offsides which I'm like come on y'all um but I agree with what you're saying about attention to detail and I wonder if part of what we're seeing as they're improving in that is because of the makeup of this locker room because you've got so many players that are coming up from Milwaukee who are getting an opportunity. You know, you've got Igor and you've got Jake Livingstone and you've got Spencer Stastny and, you know, you got Luke Evangelista earlier. You have these young players coming up and they are so coachable and so open to what's going to make me better at this level because they don't have all of that experience already to kind of rely on themselves. And so I think because it's a younger locker room, because it's a locker room that doesn't have necessarily this huge uh, pocket of NHL experience, you have a team that literally is hanging on every word that these coaches are giving them. And that are, you know, like, tell me what I need to do to make this better. And while there is a a disadvantage to having a locker room that doesn't have a lot of NHL experience, I think this is one area where you're seeing the fruit of young players, hungry players who are very coachable, who want to learn what what is it going to take? What little thing is it going to take in this game for me to be better? And we're seeing the results of a team that's very open to that. And I'm not speaking anything over veterans and saying they're not coachable, but I think there is an environment in the locker room where you have a large majority of the team that's saying, tell me what to do to be better and I'm going to do it. You don't, you know, sometimes veterans kind of know how to play the game and, and just kind of go what, what they know. So I think it's really interesting that something that people are thinking is a deficit, maybe something working in favor of the Nashville predators right now, this is a young coachable team. Here's an interesting question. Oh no. Do you think the end of the season should change perception on how some Preds fans view John Hines? Yes. I agree with that. Yes, because what is the complaint? What is the number one complaint that we hear about John Hines? He can't handle young players. Can't develop young players. You come in and let me just be very frank with you. The young players in the interactions that media has had with these younger players, Luke Evangelista, Tommy Novak, Igor, you know, all of these guys coming up from Milwaukee is that they're getting what they need from the coaching staff. Yeah, You know, so look, all of you who are like, he ruined um, Ellie Tolvanen and, you know, all this. Okay, but what's happening? And then and then you've got people who are going to dismiss it and say, well, that's all Carl Taylor. And look, 
credit to Carl Taylor because he is a brilliant developer of talent. And that that is what's real. But John Hines has taken what he's gotten and he has elevated it to a level where this is a team still in a playoff hunt. Yeah. You know, you can just not like John Hines and say you just don't like John Hines, but be very careful saying he ruins young talent because Tommy Novak and Luke Evangelista would like a word. Yeah. It's it's interesting because uh, I think a lot of people at this point have their reasons for not liking John Hines. Some mm -hmm. of them is valid, I think, especially from the beginning of the season. Some things that happened that I think could probably be, you know, a little bit changed. But I think what you're seeing is John Hines changing a lot of his personal strategy, which is growth for him. Because I think that was one of my biggest complaints with John Hines is I didn't see him kind of do adjustments as the season went on. And, mm -hmm. you know, here he is kind of splitting up you know, players and, you know, elevating players and putting them to good roles, utilizing more of his third and fourth lines for situations outside of what you might consider the normal, like third and fourth line roles. You know, that was kind of the thing with, you know, our, our complaints with John Hines at the beginning of the season. It's like, oh, you, you didn't make the second line. You know, we could put you on the third line, but eh, you don't really fit in with how we want the third line to play. So back to Milwaukee with you, good mm -hmm. player um, or healthy scratch, whatever. Um, and, you know, here I think he's more of just like, OK, who do I have? Yes. How can I use them best? I think he's kind of thrown the concept of line identity away. I mean, to be fair, he kind of had to. Yes. I, I it, it feels like he's kind of thrown that concept away towards the end of the season and is more relying on how can I get these good players and put them in the situations that they need to be to be successful. And it's not just like Phil Tomasino and Luke Evangelista and all these players, but you know, he's found out, you know, really good ways to use Cal foot who, Yes. struggled his first week or so in in Nashville and he's found really good ways to use you know new guys like Jake Livingstone and Spencer Stassi find yeah. a way to use them that play to their strengths instead of being like okay here's where you're gonna play here's what we expect of you on this line he's more of like this is where I'm putting you. This is the situation that I want you to excel in. This is something you've done before. And I think that that's shown growth for John Hines. It's, we've talked about it before. You parent the children you have. You coach the team you have. And I think we're seeing John Hines look at a team that's very different than the team he was handed at the beginning of the year. And he's coaching the players he has. And I agree with you. I think that's really important. I think he deserves some credit for that because that's been a challenge for him, I think. Um, more on this in a second, and we're going to look ahead to the next two games because it's not the postseason yet, but these next two games are playoff games, Anne. 
First, want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and it is super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. They have some really cool exclusive bets. They have one called the two by three. Will the team score two three-pointers in the first three minutes of the game? Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel and a official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Ann, here's a question for you. Who are the two teams between the Nashville Predators and the last playoff spot? Ugh, Winnipeg and Calgary. Who are the next two teams on the Nashville Predators schedule? Winnipeg and Calgary. (laughs) So tomorrow, that's the big one that people have been circling for a very, very long time at this point. Preds at Winnipeg Jets. Yes. Uh, Six o'clock central puck drop tomorrow night. You know, the winner of that game controls their fate in the postseason. I mean, mathematically, they control their fate. If they went out, they're in at that point. So that is absolutely a playoff game for the Nashville Predators. And all of the Preds Jets games have been close. Let's not forget about that Calgary game on Monday, though, because Preds uh, have more possible points than Calgary, but they have gone into this last playoff spot conversation kind of because they were above and then kind of collapsed into that, yes. last, in that conversation. But that's a big game, too. And so here we go. We have two must-win games for the Nashville Predators. And you know what, Ann? If even if the Preds lose those two games, even if they miss the playoffs, being here, these are two critical moments for this young team. An opportunity for guys like Luke Evangelista, Tommy Novak to get their first NHL taste of playing a do or die game mm-hmm. this late into the season. Yeah, and that was one of the things that Mark Jankowski talked about post-game last night is he said, you know what, we want to play meaningful hockey right now. This is what you want. You want to finish this season with games that really matter looking ahead to the postseason. And like you said, there there is something so valuable. Whether the Predators make it in or not, they're going to have to finish this season with the same level of hunger and the same level of commit that they are playing with these last few games because this is not going to be decided probably until the very end. And that is good. You have to get the experience of that do or die pressure. And whether the Preds make it into the playoffs or not, that is right around the corner for them. These games matter. And it's so funny because honestly, you would think the way this is set up, you know, they're battling Winnipeg and Calgary for this wild card spot. Their next two games are Winnipeg and Calgary. Like you would think that soap opera writers were in charge of the Nashville Predators 
season storyline because this is just incredible. I yeah. mean, it's just incredible the way this is unfolding, this underdog team finding ways to beat teams like Vegas, like Carolina, and now they have to go in and they've got to find a way to do it again. And that's the maturity that Heinz is talking about for these players. Okay, you did it twice. Can you string together another big win over Winnipeg? It's not going to be easy. No, it, it's not going to be easy. But there, there's no downside to being in this situation. And with this, yes. in the context of this team, if you would have said before the season, hey, by the way, Nashville Predators are going to have to play for their playoff lives in the last week of the season, and there's a strong chance they get bounced in round one, you would be like, wow, that sucks. Isn't that the entire thing we were trying to avoid? This yes. team sucks. Trade everyone. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yep. But instead, with the context of this team, you were out of it. Like, you were completely out of the postseason conversation. Yes. You traded away four key players at the deadline. Your remaining key players have been on injured reserve for at least the past two, three weeks. Yes. Other than UC Soros. You played your way back into the conversation with a team full of guys that you want to be your next core. You want to be the next generation of Nashville Predators. Yeah. Getting here, that's a big accomplishment for them. There is no downside to being in a playoff hunt this late in the season. And there's no downside to getting into the playoffs, even if you get bounced in round one, even if you get swept again. That's a tangible accomplishment for a team that needs this confidence, that needs this yes. playoff experience, this big game atmosphere. You know, we've talked about it. You know, there are some really good players in the NHL that have been really good for a long time that have never even been in the situation before. Yes. They've never really had a playoff chase that have never really had, you know, their first big taste of having a do or die game in the last week of the season. There's some players that never got that. And said you're giving Luke Evangelista and Tommy Novak and some of these guys you want to build around that opportunity that I think a lot of teams would be killing yes. to give their players. Yes. And what the end of this season is going to do to benefit the Predators at the beginning of next season has nothing to do with the playoff run. Because like you said, what they're getting right now, who would have thought this team would be playing meaningful games at this point? Nobody thought this. So yeah. whatever happens in the playoffs is in a lot of ways, it's just gravy because these young players are getting the experience. They are going to be exponentially more ready for what next season, when they're really going to start chasing, when you have Philip Forsberg, when you have Ryan Johansson, when you have Roman Yossi back in your lineup, they are going to be so much more ready for what that season is going to be because of how this end of the season is playing out. There is no downside. You absolutely nailed it. There is no downside to what's going on in Nashville. Normally this is when I ask for what's your three keys or one key to get to the next uh, couple of games, but it's there's three keys and mm -hmm. we've already talked about them because we heard John Hines say it. Three keys is one good goaltending. Amen. Saros is going to start these next two games. He's got to be as red hot as he has been the last couple. Number two, 
you got to play mistake free. Absolutely no room for error. That's what's gotten you to this point. You're a team that hasn't made a lot of glaring mistakes. You got to keep that up. And number three, got to have that commitment. Yep. You're going to have to block some shots. They're going to have to lay the body on Edmonton. I or in Winnipeg. It's one of the Western Canada teams. Who knows? Yep. You're you're going to be in for a physical game. This is a game that's going to have a playoff here. Are you willing to sacrifice your body to clear that puck? to make that good pass? Are you willing to dive down in front of a slap shot uh, to keep danger away from your goal? The Preds do that, which are the three keys John Hines said that have gotten them to this point. I think you're going to see a very good chance of the Predators winning these next two. Yep. Anything can happen with this Nashville Predators team. And anything can happen. Hope is so fun. If somehow this falls apart, it's all good, friends. Yep. It's fun, and I'm enjoying the ride. Yep, for sure. Let's it go. Is, it is going to be an interesting show on Monday. I will tell you that much. <laughs> yes. You can tune into that there. But, of course, happy Friday, everybody. We'll be back with new episodes next week. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me on PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also, be sure to follow the podcast, LO underscore Predators. And please subscribe, no matter how you're listening to us. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening on our favorite podcasting platform, hitting that button both helps us out and lets you know when we have new content out for you. That's going to do it for us on this week's slate of Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the game. We'll be back Monday with new episodes. See ya.